Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live, now available in audio-only format. Before we get to the show, just want to remind you that you can catch the Falcoholic Live live on YouTube at 8.10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday nights. And if you're interested, we also have a post-game show that goes live right after the games on Sunday or whatever date happens to be played. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and we hope to see you on YouTube if you're available. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Live's Week name, a week 9 post-game show. I am Kevin Knight, joined by my co-host this evening, Adnan Igich. We are here to talk the Falcons' Week 9 victory over the Broncos. Uh, it was a little bit sweaty there at the end. Uh, much like some other events uh, this week. But ultimately, the Falcons prevailed. They held on uh, due to some timely plays by the defense, Ricardo Allen in particular, and doing just enough on offense to keep this thing alive. Uh, It was a very interesting game where the team looked like downright dominant at times, but unlike the Minnesota game, they were not dominant throughout the whole game. It was uh, pretty stressful there at the end. So... Adnan, uh, just watching this game and processing it, what are your immediate takeaways? Because I was getting pretty salty there at the end, you know, thinking that they were going to blow this again. I felt like a just business as usual for the Falcons this season, where it's like, I'm pretty sure we had like a 98% chance to win. And it's like, <laughs> oh, almost blew that one. And it it would have been just like uh, we would have been able to cover another, uh, uh, another uh, little circle on the bit on the bingo card like hey let, let's blow a game where we have a penalty stop the clock right when we're running the clock down mm-hmm. yeah so we, we almost pulled that off but you know some nice pressure on uh, drew lock in the end and some timely luck um because jerry judy had like you know a pass up the seam that you know it was a it was a good defensive play a good defensive knockaway, but it's one that looking back maybe jerry judy should have had and if he had that one then you know we're looking at a line situation where they're going no huddle and you know our defense is just on its heels and then he had that little pass which bounced off the head of um philip Lindsay. but you know it's a game where the team took the lead 27 to 6 and not for a second that I think that Denver wouldn't mount a serious comeback. Right. Not for a single second. Because you already knew it was coming. And then, you know, Jerry Judy went to work, showcased why he's uh, why he was a first-rounder, why he was uh, the presumed best receiver in, in his draft class for, you know, the entirety of the college football season last mm-hmm. year. And, I, again, I to this day, I have no idea why the Raiders took Henry Ruggs over him. 
Yeah. But, you know, that, that that's neither here nor there. Um, the defense did a great job shutting down the run game. Uh, even though uh, the Broncos really had no choice but to uh, pass, uh, you know, because they were playing from behind the entire game, still held Philip Lindsay to 2.9 yards per carry. You had you held Melvin Gordon at three yards per carry. Did a great job shutting Drew Locke down for the most part up until the end there, where he just like started going off in that fourth quarter with the help of Jerry Judy. Um, you know, o- overall the defense made a play. Yeah. Uh, they made a play last week. They made a play this week. Uh, last week it was the Bleedy Ray pick. This week it was the Ricardo Allen pick right when you needed it the most. Uh, you know, that, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, they weren't making plays the first few weeks. And had they just made one play against Detroit, one play against Dallas, one play against uh, Chicago, then we'd be looking at a, a completely different team right now. We'd right. be looking at possibly what a, a seven and two team a six and three team right now but you know they made a play and they they feel good heading into the bye week at this point and yeah. you know go, good for them because they have the saints coming out of the bye week <laughs> yeah and that's a must win for multiple oh, reasons yeah, you know mo- mostly because you know we just have to beat the saints but uh yeah i mean it was a weird game uh it was like one part utter domination and then other part just kind of flaccid play from the Falcons. Like, at no point were they really, like, awful, except for maybe those last few drives on offense. They just, like, Denver tried two onside kicks, for those that weren't paying attention, didn't get either one. The Falcons got the ball, like, on Denver's side of the field, and they needed, you know, maybe 10 yards to get in field goal range, and they failed to do so twice. Like, they failed to even get 10 yards. Like, they barely burned any clock. This was a, this has been a consistent problem now. They just can't close out games. It's like a systematic issue. It's like it's built into their DNA. Um, and I, I think that's more a Dirk Cutter thing than, than anything to do with the defense. I mean, I think the defense played about as well as you could hope in this game. We know they're not very good. So if they can play real if they can play quite well for a half, I mean that's about what we should expect. Like if they can play well for a half and keep the team under 10 points and then, you know, give up points later, that's about the high end of what we can expect from this defense. It's just not a good defense overall, but um like it the offense has to be able to close this out like when you're up three touchdowns and you have three drives in the fourth quarter that you just punt on every single one um it's just not going to cut it against teams that aren't bad uh and like we've seen with this falcons team they've only been able to beat teams that are not good um you know when they come up against good teams they they fall away so it's uh it's disappointing obviously but you know this is who this team is we we know this is who they are they're not some great team but they're good enough to be competitive and that's basically what i said at the beginning of the season and maybe if they you know weren't so just darn awful in the first six games first five games of the season they would be in you know competition for the playoffs but at this point they're not um so oh we got a five five dollars from george costanza uh, george costanza again brother we thank you so much for your support uh playing for pride is what he says uh we'll, we'll we'll somehow go four and three or five and two over the last seven i mean it seems like they love to do that right uh why didn't they have this kind of effort or give a shit the first half of the season this team pisses me off i don't know how i put um, up with this crap yeah because they uh should have fired dan quinn after week two they should have fired dan quinn <laughs> at the bye week last week yeah and then we wouldn't have had a lost season and this is on arthur blank as much as anyone else uh we kept saying it Arthur Blank is a great owner, 
Uh, you know, he, you can tell he loves the team. He opens up his checkbook for the team. But it, it's one of those things where he's not blameless in all of this right. because it was clear to everyone that Dan Quinn should not have been here. And, you know, he was loyal to a fault. And as a result, we had a, a lost season. And this is this is completely a lost season at this point. It is. If, yeah. if they beat the Saints, then we have to start, you know, kind of <laughs> not, not, not saying playoffs, but we have to like look at it like okay, we, we have to kind of have the discussion because you know you're four and six. There's that extra wild card spot in the NFC, so you can kind of like have the discussion a little bit. It's not going to be completely taboo, but you know they're not toward the end of the season. They're they're gonna they're not gonna sweep the Bucks twice <laughs> in the Chiefs not. those last yeah. three weeks. Mm. So, you know, that discussion that we'd be having would just be an in-the-moment in the type thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's had they had he fired Quinn after week two, then who knows? Maybe they probably beat the Bears. Uh, you know, maybe uh, I, I don't know about the about the um, Detroit Lions game because Raheem Morris was still the, the head coach there. But, right. it, you know, maybe we could have scraped, we could have won like an extra game or two out of that. So, maybe. Yeah. You know, it is what it is at this point. Um, you've wasted three years of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones' prime. And you just have to live live with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it is sad, uh, and you know I wish that we could get, we could have done a little bit better. But like you said, and like what like what folks were saying in the chat, like I mean, it's like the decision not to move on from Quinn when we could have really cost this team wins um, over the past, you know, few years and this year, obviously. So it and also hanging on to Dirk Cutter. But <laughs> we're gonna get to that. I know you guys came for the Dirk Cutter slander, and trust me, there's gonna be. There's going to be plenty. There's going to be plenty. Uh, also, Braden W21 with another $5. Thank you, brother. We really appreciate your support. Uh, Braden says, is it just me or does Matt Ryan think running for three to five yards is the end of the world? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Matt Ryan running for three to five yards is probably the most entertaining play on the Falcons offense just because his legs are so long, man. Like, he takes so long to, like, get up to speed. But, like, if he act like I he actually isn't slow. He just doesn't have the great acceleration that you know the the really good quarterback says. So like if he gets if he gets moving, you know he's like a beautiful gazelle person out there. But uh, yeah, he's yeah, Matt Ryan throughout his career. He's had some good runs. Yeah, it's just dude. you can tell with age he's gotten significantly slower. Yeah, like this. I think this is the first year where I'm like watching it and I'm like, oh, like Matt Ryan has really become more of a statue this year than yeah. like he ever has been before. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely, and I, I think part of that is, you know, Dirk Cutter's offense. Like, when it was Sark, and to a much larger extent, Shanahan, it was like, every other play was some sort of rollout or a boot, or like Matt Ryan doing play action or something like that, and, um, you know, under Cutter, it's been a lot less. Um, and Matt Ryan's never really been like a scrambler, per se, but uh, he's someone that, you know, you can get him out on stuff and it can work, but uh, yeah, I mean... He's deceptively quick. Yeah, he's got the deceptive white man speed, you know? quick, yeah. Deceptively quick, you know, he, he uh, has the hard hat, hard hat and lunch pail exactly. uh, type of guy, yeah. you know, a student of the game. Right, uh, that, a real that Croy Beerman speed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a real coach's son. Yes, exactly. Lunch pail guy. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that, he did have that great move, J-Dub, uh, that, that he avoided that sack. He just kind of, like, juked the dude, like, with his slight movement. Um, so maybe I blame the defender more than I blame, you know, maybe, than I give Matt Ryan credit for that. Because Matt Ryan, like, barely moved, and the guy just, like, totally missed. Uh, but uh, He had that Panthers player on all fours <laughs> last week. He did. The Panther-style coverage. You know, he's trying to, like, lunge at him. like. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was... It was interesting, um, and it, like it seems like, what like the, the the Vikings game was like this, except they didn't blow it in the second half. But like, um, just that they were able to kind of get out to this big lead, and the offense was firing on all cylinders. And at the end of the game, they just kind of sucked, you know. Like they just like, the offense just totally went in the tank. It was it it, it was just weird calls too, like. I get like wanting to run the ball to run to burn clock. Like I totally get that. But then they just they would just mix in these passes. Uh, so it's like if you want to burn clock, just burn clock. Like just do it. You don't have to like try to do anything else. But then they're mixing in passes to stop the clock, and then they're you know getting these really dumb like formation based penalties to stop the clock. Like it's just the offense isn't well run, um, and it's just what it is is the talent making Dirk Cutter look good like i mean his route combos were better this time like that brandon powell touchdown that was a nice like little rub route uh set up there that helped powell get open but like there were several plays that were sent to me by by guys you know some of you guys on twitter that showed you know that some of these route trees that cutter uses for these pass plays are just so vanilla it's like all right everyone run a hook it's yeah like that how does that help any other receiver in your area like that there's a reason that NFL offenses don't just randomly pick routes out of a book and have their receivers run them. Like there, there's concepts that you try to do, you know, like flood concepts and, uh, you know, sale concepts. And, you know, when you run trips, you do certain things. Like there's lots of things you can use in your arsenal and Dirk Cutter seems to be pretty, you know, content to just, okay, uh, you run this and you run that. He's coaching at like it's 2010. Like he's coaching like it was a full decade ago at this point, because, yeah, it's you're barely seeing any RPOs. You're not seeing any any rub routes. You're not seeing any any deceptive pick plays on his routes where it, you know you slyly uh, put put a wide receiver into a route out there and it it's a natural pick. It's just it's very frustrating. Like I was watching you know the Georgia Florida game yesterday. And, you know, Florida absolutely wrecked Georgia. And it was just an entire game of wheel route pick plays. Just the wheel route was just so unstoppable. It's one of my favorite routes, Mm -hmm. like, that I have in football. I think it's a top three route in football. Uh, And, you know, we're just not seeing it. It was just such a difference watching that Florida offense yesterday, for example, as opposed to this Atlanta offense, because mm-hmm. when's the last time we've seen something like, oh, a natural pick into a wheel route? We don't even get the ball out to the running back. Like, <laughs> right. in the yeah, there was like one running back target, and it was like so telegraphed. It was like Gurley lined up next to Matt Ryan. He just kind of like lightly jogged out into the into the flat area, and then just after a few seconds, Matt Ryan threw him the ball, and there was like a guy on him like immediately. Like it was just so pathetic like like Gurley wasn't even running like it was he had to go over there and stop to get the ball like it just the the level of complexity of these offensive play designs is just so sad um now uh, we did still win the game 
you know, it's uh, what we're we did win like, the game. Well, yes, uh, we're sounding like we lost the game here, uh, and you know, maybe this conversation would be a lot deeper had uh, Denver marched down the field on that last on that last drive. But it's such a shame because the offense was looking really good in that first half. Like every single drive in the first half was a was a score. Like it yeah. ended in the kick. It was either a field goal or a touchdown. And then you know. Yeah, Matt Ryan had that interception on what's, you know, it was a deep enough pick where it's like a de facto punt mm-hmm. where he gave the ball away. But then, you, you know, you scored again. It, you, you know, the offense just looked like it was humming, and then it just wasn't. It's, I don't remember the last time this offense has put it together for all four quarters. Like, may, maybe that Dallas game, but even in that one, you had so many questionable plays where, uh, you settled for field goals instead right. of touchdowns, and you had so many short fields. It's I, I I'm not worried so much so about the offense against the Saints uh, in a couple of weeks, just because the Saints' defense is not what it's been the past three years. Uh, they can definitely be had, but it's you can't just you can't do just enough against mm-hmm. that Saints offense, yeah. e- even though Drew Brees' arm fault almost falls off whenever he attempts a pass more than five yards down the field. <laughs> like the play designs that Sean Payton makes are are good enough to where it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. he's scheming around Breeze's weaknesses. And you know, it's the Saints are still moving the ball. They have Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're gonna need your offense to to maybe you want to shoot out in that one. Right. Yeah, and it's gonna. I mean, it's a difficult game. Um, the Saints certainly aren't as dominant as they've been in some years past. But uh, yeah, I mean, we had there were some good things today. Like, don't don't get us wrong. Like by you know picking on some some weak points. Like you know, I I do the dirt cutter slander because the folk the people have come to expect it. You know, that's kind of our brand. But like the offense on the whole was good. Like they scored thirty four points. Like I mean that that's that ain't nothing. Uh, you know that's a solid number for sure like that that's you know on track if you score that every week you're going to be one of the NFL's best offenses but like it, it's more the simple things that Dirk Cutter doesn't do well um, and then he requires you know Matt Ryan to bail him out with these big plays to get over like we're still seeing the team run on second and ten like constantly we're still seeing and and then we saw like screens on second and ten that's not better okay that's the same thing like you're still starting at the ten at the at the one yard line needing to get to the ten like it doesn't make a difference that's that's the same thing as a run on first down so or, and, and Raheem Morris in the press conference said the dirty birds are back oh well at, at three and six well you know uh so we're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> Is this just like when they printed those shirts after they won that? They started. Oh well, yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why our head coaches can't like take a hint and just like <laughs> you know just stay quiet and just just shut up. Y- y- just y- shut up. Y- play. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just like shut up when, when you're such when you're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like you're under five hundred. Nobody wants to like listen to you. To, to, to you give these slogans and like you know give these like proclamations and stuff like right bro you're three and six like, like maybe if you like get back to above 500 we can like start having having a discussion about uh more lively press conferences but fan base doesn't want to hear that right now yeah yeah um and yeah i mean 
there were good things, certainly good aspects of the game. Raheem Morris, please don't like start slogans like "Let's get back to 500." Like if you go 0 and 5 and get back to 500, then I think we can start to maybe say that we have something here. But like we got a long way to go, and the second half of the season is not going to be any easier. Like this, it's <laughs> not going to be easy. So it's going to be so hard. It's going to be really hard. Um, so you know, just like want to be straight up about that and everyone help everyone set their expectations there. But like we're going to get to some good stuff now, I promise. Uh, but before we we do. I uh, just want to remind folks uh, that if you haven't liked the video already, uh, we really appreciate that. It helps er- other folks on YouTube find the video uh, with their fancy algorithms. And then uh, if you haven't subscribed already, we're tantalizingly close to 2,000 subscribers. So if anyone's feeling, you know, like they want to help us out today, uh, help us hit that mark. I think we need like seven. So if you guys want to like pile in, I'll give you a shout out, everyone that, that uh, subscribes. Uh, and uh, we would really appreciate that. It's just a cool milestone. So thanks, folks. Uh, and yes, for everyone that was asking, I put the the link to tip donate into the description of the show. So you don't have to, you don't have to ask me about it anymore. It's not hidden anymore in the deep recesses of you know chat. Uh, it's in the show description. So uh, I figured that one out. So thank you for for your advice there. I, I think that is going to make it a lot easier. So again, thanks, folks. Um, yeah. Also, I'd love to see more play options on first down. You, you yeah. know, if Dirk Cutter does it, end up somehow seeing this feed, uh, <laughs> please run more play actions on first down. Yeah. Like, like that that's a play that just works. It does. It works really well. well. Like it, yeah. it, it works. It, it's like we uh, had uh, a few weeks ago Ben Baldwin. Baldwin? Yeah, Ben, ben Baldwin. Name. It was Ben Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ben Baldwin. Yeah, it was Ben Baldwin. And, you know, he he laid it out perfectly. He's the analytics guy. He said that uh, the play-action pass on first down, it's like a corner three uh, in basketball. Like, you know, it, it's it's what you want because the defense will always react to the play-action. These, these are football players who have grown up uh, reading the run. And, you know, as we've learned through an- analytics the past few years, you don't – you just need them to somewhat think that you're going to run yeah. the ball. Yeah. Like, like you don't need to establish the run like we thought, like back in the '80s. Like, you use the math that you have. Just like, and, and you know, I'm not saying every first down play action, right, but just right. like way more than now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those easy things, and like, it's the same thing with pre-snap motion too. It's like just easy things you incorporate into your play design that make your plays far more likely to be successful. Like all the great offensive coordinators do it. It doesn't. It doesn't really take that much. It's not really hard per se uh but it, I, I think these old school coaches they just they they they're just not up to date with it like it seems like the, these these sorts of things and like dirk has been running more play action but like it's still not a lot and you know he's been running some pre-snap motion but it's still like at the lowest rate in the league so it, it it's just bizarre um it's it's just it's something that uh i don't really understand with him and i don't think we ever will uh, because it, it's so obvious, um, but it doesn't stop him and you know coaches like Adam Gase from refusing to use it. So uh, someone's told him, I'm sure, like someone's been up to him and like, hey, you know, Dirk, uh, maybe we should run some pre-snap motion. You know, like I, I want to like imagine it's like Kurt Benkert or some cool you know player going up to him like, hey, you know, like uh, maybe we should run more pre-snap motion. And he's like, you know what, Kurt, I really appreciate you coming up to me today. And yeah, I'm gonna take that, you know, into consideration. And then he just like balls it up and like throws it in the trash. Or something. No, what it's really like is Kurt Benkert suggests that, and he's like, "Who are you?" Oh yeah, who? 
<laughs> oh yeah. No, why don't you go out, you know, and become the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then we'll talk about play play designs. So. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, you know we have two, we have two former Bucks head coaches leading the team right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, and, and that's before the Bucks were were like like this. That's like the last ten years of the Bucks. They 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 have not been like this every year. Trust me. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oof. yeah. But like, also, I want to you know give shots like like uh, the individual players. I think have been playing really well, and that's what's kind of you know helped out Cutter despite his you know poor play calling. Uh, like Alameda Zacchaeus really stepped up today. Oh, um, yeah, he had himself a half in the first. Yeah, half. I mean, and if that was a little bit of a better thrown ball for Ryan uh, on that first play of the second, you know, the second half. Uh, that could have been another touchdown. Like it was just a little bit underthrown, and Zacchaeus had to stop um, to try to come back for it. But uh, it was, you know, that that could have been another big play to him. Um, you know, Brandon Powell had that nice touchdown. Um, Brandon Powell's a much better receiver than he is punt returner. I know I've slandered Brandon Powell on this on this show many times, but as a receiver, he's fine. Like he's fine. He, he's totally deserving of a roster spot. But I just don't really see what we're getting in terms of return potential. But that's another story. Um, you know, Chris Lindstrom, I think, had a hell of a game. Um, you know, he was instrumental on that girly touchdown run in particular. That was nice. Um, any any players in particular that stood out to you from today, Adnan? Uh, you know, Foy was uh, <laughs> solid once again. Um, you know, Grady Jarrett, Grady Jarrett. Uh, Zacchaeus killed it in that first half. Like, he, he stepped up into that Calvin Ridley role. And, you know, we didn't miss a beat without Ridley. Mm-hmm. Um you know Julio Jones. Uh, he had that great play in the first half where he just like fought off those <laughs> defenders with like a stiff arm. And you know Julio only had 54 yards. One of them was a 21 yarder. But you know it felt like one of those games where Julio Jones was fine, like you know more into a decoy role because Zacchaeus was like having himself like you know the game of his life so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know I want to give a big shout out to Ricardo Allen, like. Um, I've given him a hard time. I still don't think that he's going to um, be here after this year just because of cap considerations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he he had the big interception, and you know, it was a lot of it was a lot of pressure uh, on Drew Locke on the play. But you know, he he came away with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jacob Tuoti Mariner, he he got he got some nice. Yeah. Uh, he was in the backfield a few times, like. You're not going to look back on this game. Tordy Mariner only had one tackle, but mm-hmm. you know he was getting those pressures on Drew Locke, and he he was stepping up in the absence of Dante Fowler and Tack McKinley, yeah. and yeah. you know all, all those pass rushers on the team. So shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with all those. Um, yeah, like the the young guys really stepped up. Like uh, Tordy Mariner was definitely one of the big names that was out there. Obviously Grady Jarrett, but it's kind of just like obvious that Grady Jarrett's going to be one of the standouts like every single game. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Steven Means, I thought was pretty good. Um, 
you know, it, I think Steven Means has been a better pass rusher than Dante Fowler, which is pretty sad, but it's where we're at right now. Um, yeah, but what about that run defense? That, <laughs> what that's what that? I want to give $16 million for. You know, you can't pay too much for good run defense. Maybe if it's Snacks Harrison, we could talk about paying somebody that much money for run defense, but he he's making, like, veteran minimum. I think he's on a practice squad or something, Snacks Harrison. So, like, let, let's calm down with the run defense talk here. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's pretty silly. That's what I want in 2020. I want to, I want to shut down the run. Yeah, well, the Falcons do that, you know. They, yeah. I can't remember. Let me like, look yeah, up how many and, and yards can, it was. And you can game. see exactly what uh, what it gets you if you just shut down the run and ignore the pass. Yeah, I'm gonna try to figure out how many yards it was exactly that they allowed on the ground. It was not very many. Um, yeah, I mean, most of it was Drew Locke. <laughs> um, yeah, and then just they had scramble drills. Yeah, and that that's one of those where it's like you can't. You can't blame the run defense for just like, you, you know, right. him going. Yeah, let's and see. and just like yeah, it, like I said, Lindsey and Melvin Gordon were essentially shut down on the on the carries they did have. Yeah, yeah. They, they combined for they combined for fourteen carries, and they had forty one yards total mm-hmm. in those fourteen carries. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so that was, yeah, the running backs didn't get anything, but K.J. Hamler had that one end around for 15 yards, yeah. and then Locke had six for 47. So the Falcons only allowed like 103 yards on the ground, which is still pretty good. Um, but man, yeah. Uh, yeah, Drew Locke had more passing yards than Matt Ryan. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, mo- mostly garbage time yards. It was almost like, Matt, Matt Ryan was doing what yeah. he needed. He also had like, what, 13 more attempts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the run game was bad again this week. Uh, the Falcons averaged, like, two-something two per attempt, maybe maybe a little over three. Uh, so that was not, you know, great, obviously. But, um, yeah, Alameda Zacchaeus, four for 103 and one uh, touchdown. So if you were starting, you know, Alameda Zacchaeus in your fantasy league, you must have been a very desperate person. But it, it paid off for you, so. Probably won some DS- DFS lineups if you if you happen to pick Alameda Zacchaeus. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are asking like, are the Falcons actually good? Like, can we make the playoffs? Rayshon Johnson asks that. Um, no, <laughs> like they're fine. They're a competitive team, but they're not a playoff team. Uh, I mean, now if they add this eighth playoff spot, I'm not gonna. Like, you can't hold that against me if they add, like, another additional playoff spot. Like, this has never happened before. So, like, if they add an eighth playoff spot, then yes. Just let sure. everyone into the playoffs. Sure. Anyone can make it at that point. They could be at 6-10 and 10 and make it if there's an eighth playoff spot. I mean, just, I don't know. Just, but... just have just have a full 32-team playoff. Yeah. It'll be like, you know, like March Madness. Exactly. And just, yeah. just let everyone in. Exactly. Like, we'll just have, you know, like... How about we have 16 weeks and each team plays each other and then at the end of the season the one with the most, you know, wins, you know, goes to the playoffs and oh wait, we're already doing it that way. <laughs> no, I mean it's just yeah. Whew. Yeah, I I just don't I mean like is this team in competition for like the top draft picks anymore? Probably not. No. So, you know, that's sad. Yeah, back in football purgatory. Yep. Just exactly where we've been the last two years yeah they're they're too bad to be good basically uh 
But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably better that the team isn't, like, trash because I think that actually helps, you know, attract coaching candidates. As much as everyone's like, oh, coaches want to have the number one overall pick. It's like, well, they also want the team to not be bad. You know, they would rather come into a team that's, like, a couple pieces away, and that generally doesn't happen if the team is, like, picking in the top three or something like that. So, yeah. um, uh, And in regards to the run game today, Gurley averaged 2.8 yards per carry on 19 totes. Now, in fairness, the Broncos are a very good run they defense. They are, they are, certainly. But, um, yeah, that's that's really bad against anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, obviously not ideal. Um Let's see. 19 carries. Yeah, Mark Godby asks, can the Falcons win every game after the bye week? No. No. I, I mean, say- <laughs> in theory, it's possible. Right. In th- theoretically, sure. Sure. Will it happen? No. It's no. The, I would say the second half is harder than the first half. This is like the soft inner part of the schedule here, like that we're yeah, in right and, now. And it's exactly what I what i said would happen a few weeks ago they, they'll win a few of these games they'll they'll make us think that they're good you, you know that they'll like suck us in and then like in the second half we're in for a rude awakening yeah they're gonna play a lot they're gonna the caliber of team they're gonna play is gonna get a lot better after the bye week um so you know we'll see there i mean hopefully they'll get some hopefully they'll get some players back from injury you know they'll get their edge rushers back they'll get calvin ridley back you know because we're on the bye week now um but i mean they still have to play a lot of really good teams uh i'm really not convinced that this team is actually that good i mean i think there's a limit to what you can do with dirt cutter running your offense um i just think there's a hard ceiling to that um and you know it's unfortunate that, that it has to be that way, but it we're we're apparently not getting rid of dirt cutter this year. So until that changes, uh, <laughs> that's basically what we're stuck with. Yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, yeah, like I said, guys, if you have any specific questions, you can throw them in the chat uh, at the Falcoholic. Help me see those. We'll we'll answer a few questions uh, from you guys tonight as well if you if you have them. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of like in this place where I just don't really know what to think about this team like i was getting ready for draft takes right we were on on trajectory for mock draft season you know soon and now they're winning all these games and it's like ah crap so i mean obviously we're not in for like the team just full-on tanking but you know would you have liked to see this team been a little bit worse (laughs) and end up with a better draft pick or are you yeah 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 yes probably like no i i told you i'm shamelessly yes uh we've seen it We've seen what playing for pride gets you the last two years. Yeah, not much. Nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it gets you this season that we're having now. <laughs> it gets you another poor season. Well, you know, in fairness, if they had you know made some tough decisions last year, maybe we uh, maybe we would have been okay. But you know, we can't we can't make the tough decisions until it's too late. That's 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 been one of the calling cards of this team, um, unfortunately. Uh, so Viral Graph asks, uh, if someone like Justin Fields drops to pick five or something, are we interested in trading up? Um, probably depends it on the would head cost coach. A lot. Yeah, it would be it expensive. Would cost a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, because of how much it costs, it would probably like it, it. It could be. It could mean sacrificing the rest of the Matt Ryan era. Yeah. To do something like that. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be tough to pull off because there's a lot of 
quarterback needy teams this year. Um, it probably depends on how close we are to the top five too, and depends on the head coach um, because they really want a quarterback. They might be willing to trade a lot for that quarterback. Um, it's harder to make that sort of pick if Matt Ryan's playing well, which he has been over the last you know few weeks. So we'll see if that continues. Um, but if Matt Ryan falls off a cliff or something like that, that could be one thing, but I just don't really see that happening at this point. Um, James Rogers asking, will Morris get a head coach interview? I assume he means with the Falcons, but I'll spread that out to say for other teams too. And yes, I mean, he's, they've already said they will be interviewing him for the Falcons job. I don't really think he's got a lot of a chance to make that work. Um, you know, I just don't think he's going to be good enough. Like, he would probably have had to make the playoffs and win playoff games to really be in serious consideration. But um, for other teams, maybe. You know, if, if there's teams out there that are looking for a, a guy that they think has upside, um, someone that's got, certainly, experience. I also think, you know, underrated could be that he could be the Falcons defensive coordinator next year if the new head coach doesn't have someone that he's, like, really fond of to bring in. But what are your thoughts on, on Morris, Adnan? Uh, I think he'll definitely get an interview with the team. Uh, I think ultimately they'll decide to go somewhere else just because, one, you we, we've been calling for an offensive head coach forever. Like, we've had uh, our last two head coaches have been defensive head coaches, and they've been, you know, we've seen the results the past decade. And, um, you, you know, it's just you you want a culture change you want a completely clean house uh and get away from from what we've seen the past few years it's not morris's fault but it, it's it, it's collateral it's he he's collateral at this point like yeah. he, he was on quinn's staff you, you don't want to have that residue of of the day of the end of the dan quinn era on with this team and i'm not buying into oh it, it's it's a good finish to the season because look at what good finishes to the season that ha- led us to the last couple of years. There is no momentum carrying over into next year. That that's completely false. Like mm-hmm. that's a complete myth. But you know, I I, I think uh, I think Morris will um, he'll get some looks for defensive coordinator and yeah. for head coach around the league. And you know, I I definitely think Arthur Blank should give him a strong. Uh, a letter of recommendation, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah. At, at other, um, at other jobs. Now, if, if like, you know, if Morris wins out the rest of the season, like, could he like be retained? Will he be retained? Maybe. I, but I'm not even going to entertain that. I don't yeah. think that we're winning out the rest of the year. No, that that's unlikely. Um, and that kind of goes into Chris Brooks, Chris uh, Brooks' question here, which is at ten and six. Uh, well, I think he, I thought you were saying could we go ten and six and make the playoffs? But he's asking if we finish ten and six, will we make the playoffs? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Ten, yeah, ten wins gets you to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I would say nine and seven probably gets you in for sure. Yeah, t- ten ten wins gets you in almost every year under the former playoff system where there's only six teams. If there's seven teams, then ten and six definitely gets you in. Yeah, and if there's eight, like you, we could be talking about seven nine teams getting in. So we'll you know see with that but yeah yeah uh 10 and 6 is definitely a record that's going to get you into the playoffs almost every time um all right we got harvey presley should we go after an edge rusher 
in the draft or free agency uh draft yes draft. free agency we can't really i mean other than like bargain basement type yeah. of players yeah but. draft you want you and also um you will every single time you will overpay for free agent pass rushers it's yep. a premium position we saw with dante fowler this past year like you cannot get a pass rusher in free agency without overpaying for him. Yeah, yeah unless you, you know, get really lucky. The, yeah, like Shaq yeah, Barrett. There's some, yeah. yeah, like Shaq Barrett. I was going to say, there's some like really rare moments like that, but you can't bank on that. It's like in baseball where, you know, if, you wanna, if you're want if you a pitcher needing team and you want a pitcher, you're going to completely overpay for him. It's better to draft and develop your own. Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, it, it, they don't have any money either, so it's just not really possible. Um, you know, you just kind of take shots at these kind of low-end free agents and you hope somebody hits. I mean, it looks like we have something in Stephen Means, you know, to an extent. Um, you know, these these young guys. I mean, Charles Harris, I think, was a good value signing there, too. Like, you know, <clears throat> trading that late pick to get him in here. You know, he's helped. So I think that's those have been some good things. But, yeah, clearly the free agency route has not really worked out for the Falcons. Um Biograph asks, what team do we think is the most attractive head coaching spot? Well, right now, there's only two openings, right? Um, but there will probably be, probably be more, like Detroit um, probably will be in that category. Chicago, maybe. The Jets absolutely should be. Uh, who knows what will really happen? But um, the Falcons, I, I mean, I think the Falcons are the best job. Um, yeah, I do, too. They clearly like- have the best overall talent. Um like you have Watson down in Houston, but you also don't have, you know, any draft picks. And you know, it, you, Matt Ryan's pretty good in Atlanta, and Matt Ryan's good enough to where you can, you can win for a few years while you look for that next franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's kind of the best of both worlds, as long as you're not just like totally insistent upon getting that quarterback right now. Um, you know, and if you're if you're looking for the franchise quarterback that you don't have to worry about for like ten plus years, it's not going to be a thing in Atlanta. That's the one thing that they don't have. They have a quarterback you can probably depend on for like at least three years if you want to stick with the quarterback for a while. But um, you know, that's that's the one leg up that the Texans have in terms of the rest of the roster, in terms of cap, in terms of uh, draft capital. The Falcons are clearly better. Yeah. The the only team, the only possible like other avenue is if a head coaching candidate just is completely in love with Trevor Lawrence, and then in that case you you like <laughs> then you, you go know, to the you, Jets. Yeah, you go to the Jets. Yeah, because it's like you you have you know possibly a generational quarterback at your disposal. Yeah, that you can completely build around. So you know it's just it's a matter of preference. It is, yeah. So that that's my take on it. It it just depends on what the coach wants to, but um. I don't think anyone's really going to want to go to the Jets. Like, for being honest, you know they had to, they had to settle for uh, Adam Gase last time. Yeah, I but tell you but also in fairness, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence back then. They didn't, but they had. Well, who was their quarterback before? Um, was it Geno before Gino? before before uh, Sam Darnold? I mean, I don't remember. It might have been Ryan Fitz- Ryan Fitzpatrick for yeah, a year, yeah, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick when he like led, he like broke their franchise record for passing yards in the season. Yeah, that that that, that was the Jets. Uh, it's been the Jets' quarterback history. Yeah, it's been a pretty rough ride for them. Uh, 
Don Emery asks, will there be a Sanat sighting again this season? Apparently not. Apparently it wasn't just Dan Quinn that Sanat pissed off because Falcons are very thin at defensive tackle and they still keep Sanat inactive every single week. So Maybe he pissed off Raheem Morris. Maybe it was Raheem like, Morris the whole time. Then. Yeah, because he was you know, the defensive well, coordinator. Like yeah. Raheem Morris won't even let him practice anymore. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, Robert Kelly brings up a good point too with Marlon Davidson. Like he's inactive now and I don't believe he's not healthy. So... I don't know what's going on with that, but that would be disastrous. It, it, has to be some injury. it could be an injury, but I don't even know if it's on the injury report. Because it's like, oh, maybe they're just lying. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. But because it's like you, you have to like at least trot him out as, as your second-round pick. Yeah. Like at the very least, you have to trot him out. Yeah, it's, it's getting to be weird with that one, too. They just have this weird thing with these day-two defensive tackles that they just put them on ice and we never, we never hear from them again. So um, it would be good if we could, you know hear from them at some point because uh, we invested a lot of capital in those players uh, so this would be the time obviously to see if you have anything there in my opinion but you know they clearly don't listen to me um all right folks well overall nice win uh, a little bit stressful at the end but the team came out on top so we'll, we'll celebrate that um adnan any other takes on the game you want to get in here before we wrap up um you know it's it's a win, you know. Another win. I don't. I think it's a mirage more than anything. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you've beaten the Panthers, you've beaten the Broncos. Like these aren't super. You've beaten the Vikings. These aren't like world beaters. Well, right. we'll see. We'll see what this team is really about on the other side of the bye week in that second half. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the big question. Is you know what does this team do after the bye week? And if they start you know rattling off wins against teams that are actually good then we can start talking about playoffs you know we can start you know talking about that but we have to get back to 500 okay like (laughs) it's it's a little premature to start being like oh yeah it's gonna be fine you know we're definitely gonna do it like i just remember like we got that one win we were one in five and people were like you're telling me there's a chance like no no i'm not telling you that i'm not telling you that that's you that was 100 percent you so uh but no it's fun to talk about and it's fun to know that technically you know we're not mathematically eliminated yet but like just keep your expectations in check uh and your expectations should tell you that this team is not great so just you know relax um but yeah before we wrap up guys just one more reminder if you don't mind throwing a like at the show we appreciate that that helps other folks find it and then uh, if you hit that subscribe button you'll get notifications when we go live uh so you don't have to you know keep up uh with refreshing your feed all the time and all that nonsense um Otherwise, guys, want to thank my co-host, Adnan Ikic, at Say Which Way on Twitter. Adnan, anything you're working on you want to plug tonight? Um, fantasy sudden dart article, NFC South the recap article. And, you know, enjoy the bye week, folks. Enjoy a stress-free Sunday next week. Yes, stress-free Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. Uh yeah, guys, uh, we will be back on Wednesday, obviously. Um, even though it's the bye week, we'll talk, you know, about this game a little more in depth. We'll talk about any moves that the team makes talk about injury updates all that good stuff but uh it'll be otherwise somewhat of a quiet week um i'm of course kevin knight at falcoholic kevin on twitter uh you can check out my stuff on the falcoholic.com it's where you get all the best falcons coverage news analysis and hot takes no one does it better than our crew over there uh the show uh dw also has a podcast too um, so if you follow the podcast feed where you get our shows, you can also check out the regular Falcoholic podcast that's on there too. Um, 
But yeah, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Thank you once again. Uh, like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern to uh, do a little bi-week talk, and then it'll be uh, a, a relaxing weekend. So enjoy the rest of your football Sunday. We will see you guys next time. Have a great night.